welcome to She Wrote That. Here, our goal is to uplift hardworking female writers, bloggers, authors, journalists, and storytellers. Each episode features a conversation with a different female writer where we dig deep about everything writing related, from being a woman in the industry to developing stories to editing style to mentorship. We are so excited to have you here. Welcome back for episode seven of She Wrote That. I'm your host, Charlotte Barnes. I'm so excited to be back today with another great guest. This episode, I'm speaking with journalist Anna Pogarchich. Anna is a journalist from UNC Chapel Hill studying journalism and American history. She's passionate about local news and media sustainability and has worked in both those areas at her college newspaper, The Daily Tar Heel, and her summer internships. She was the city and state editor of The Daily Tar Heel for two years, where she launched a community newsletter and led elections coverage. And between those two years in summer 2019, she was a Metro intern at the Charlotte Observer, where she covered local government and wrote features. This past summer, she was an engagement fellow for Education NC, a digital news outlet, and she spent her time reporting on the State Board of Education, crafting social media, and producing a podcast series. Now, in her senior year, she's the editor-in-chief of The Daily Tar Heel, where she oversees all daily operations and overall strategy for the paper. We discuss everything from the importance of impactful female role models to why she loves working in a student newsroom to her experience covering COVID as a student journalist while UNC's cases grew exponentially. Stay tuned to hear our discussion. about how you first became interested in journalism oh my gosh um I've kind of been interested in it for a few years now I think it kind of started for me in high school seriously but I pretty much always really enjoyed just like writing and reading ever since I was a little kid um like in elementary school my parents worked full-time so I used to go to like before and after school programs and pretty much um, I would always spend all that time like writing in my little notebooks and stuff and like writing stories. Um, and as soon as I got older, I kind of realized that I could do that for a living, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always kind of, I guess, like had, I've always been like politically interested, I guess, as a way to describe it. And I saw journalism as a way to combine those two interests. Um, So when I was in high school, I applied to join my high school newspaper and I found that I really liked it. And I think from there, I just kind of kept going. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people are passionate about it from when they were young. I know I was. And I know being on a scholastic journalism staff definitely helped me and improved my writing and got me more interested. Yeah. And so you go to UNC, and I figure you're majoring in journalism? Yes, journalism and history. What led you to UNC's program? Oh, that's also a fun question. Okay, well, I feel like it's necessary to preface this um, by saying, so I am a first-generation American. Um, I have an older sibling who went to college in the United States, but we have a 10-year difference between us. So when he was in college, I was like eight years old, and I wasn't really paying attention. Um, So when I was growing up and thinking about college, it was just really different for me, I feel like, than a lot of my peers, because I'd be talking to my parents about it, and they'd just be like, yeah, go to Harvard. And I was like, oh, yeah, go to Harvard. (laughs) Like, so easy. Um, So I guess 
when I was younger, maybe like 14 or 15 and really starting to think about college, I thought I wanted to go to like a big city, um, like New York or DC or something. And so I was looking at colleges in those areas and obviously they seemed interesting and fun, but I looked at the price and I was like, this is not going to happen. Um, so I started looking at in-state institutions because um, I didn't really know that much about them. And I did some research and found that UNC is probably going to be the best fit for me just because the journalism school here is so well-renowned and it just seemed like it would be a really good environment for me. Um, Funnily enough, I didn't actually know the DTH, the Daily Tar Heel existed until I had already gotten into UNC. I didn't know that they had a student <laughs> newspaper. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it was just so it was just a combination of being in my state, um, being affordable and just like having, I guess, that good reputation. Yeah, that's an awesome combination of factors. Um, what advice do you have for students for wanting to apply to journalism school? Like, what do you think they should look at? Hmm. This might be an unpopular opinion, um, but honestly, I would recommend that people who want to go into journalism, honestly, not pick a college based on their journalism program. Um, I think one of my regrets coming to UNC is I wish I had maybe minored in journalism and majored in something else. Um, just because, especially if you're lucky enough to go to a college that has a student newspaper, um, working there gives you pretty much all the experience and exposure that you need to really be, I think, successful as a journalist. And so if you can use your class time to kind of broaden your skill sets by like taking statistic courses or public policy courses or just anything else that can kind of help you specialize what you want to write about, um, I think that's really, really helpful. So honestly, if I could go back in time, I would maybe tell myself to study like public policy or political science instead of majoring solely in journalism yeah yeah I definitely understand where you're coming from because I just went through the college application process and I like I'm going to Northwestern and like I really wanted to apply to their college of arts and sciences instead because I was so worried about just coming out with a journalism degree and I found out that they really encourage students to double major which mm -hmm. is great in case I don't end up pursuing journalism um but I think it's so helpful to study another subject in addition to journalism because it really it makes you a better writer if that's what you want to do. And then if you don't want to be a writer, you have another career path. Yeah, no, they do that at UNC. They basically require you to take a certain amount of hours outside of the journalism major. And you can do that by double majoring. And so I'm glad mm -hmm. I did because I have my history major, which has been awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but I also just think, especially now with everything being digital focused, like the industry changes so quickly. Um, that sometimes classes don't keep up with that. So that's just something to consider. I mean, maybe your program, like a program at your university is slightly different than ours. Um, mm -hmm. But I think like the most important thing is just trying to write as much as you can. And it doesn't necessarily have to be through, um, I guess, the classes you take at university. It can be through an internship or through work with your campus paper, or even just like freelancing. Yeah, that's true. There are so many other opportunities to exercise your writing skills. Mm-hmm. Do you think you took any courses like outside of journalism at UNC that really helped you improve those skills? Oh my God. Um, I'm trying to think of what classes I've taken. I'm trying to think about what happened yesterday. Um, <laughs> um, let me think about that. That's a good question. Um, 
I, so I love the history department here. I've loved like all the history classes that I've taken. And I had one professor who, um, I was taking a Latin American history class and it was specifically about, um, like counterinsurgencies in Latin America. And our final project for that semester was to make kind of like a video documentary explaining like one revolutionary movement in Latin America. And I think that was really fun and helpful because we had to think not only about like the facts of what was going on, but how to convey it creatively and in a way that made sense to somebody who was going into watching it without kind of that base of knowledge. Um, because they hadn't necessarily just finished taking a whole semester's worth of classes about it. Um, so we had to make it kind of digestible in that way. And also I had never written a script like that before. So that was definitely challenging. Um, so I think, I think that would be something just like thinking about how to tell stories in a way that isn't necessarily a 600 word straight news article. Because that's definitely like a lot of what you do in journalism classes, at least in the ones that I've taken. Yeah, that's so interesting. And like, that sounds especially helpful because like you said, journalism is so digital nowadays. So having those multimedia and video skills is so helpful too. Mm -hmm. And so aside from your studies, you're editor-in-chief of the Daily Tar Heel. What do you think your leadership style is like as an editor? What do I think my leadership style is like? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I have been called the office mom. And I think that's because I very much subscribe to like a positive reinforcement, um, I guess, way of dealing with problems that come up in the newsroom or just anything. Um, because my kind of philosophy is that people aren't going to do their best work if they're not happy and comfortable. And so I try mm -hmm. every to do everything I can to make our working environment as happy and comfortable as possible. Um, so I think the big thing there is like emphasizing taking care of yourself and taking care of your mental health. So like making people take days off and assuring them that things can happen if they're not there. Because I think especially with our industry, how it's so go, 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 um, mm -hmm. you can kind of forget to take care of yourself. And the more tired you are, the, the more things are going to slip past you and you're not necessarily going to be producing your best work. So really taking care of yourself is in your best interest and in the best interest of the news organization. Um, so that's kind of what I go into it with. And just generally trying to cultivate a, a sense of being there for each other and working as an organization, because I think this actually hasn't been my experience in the industry. But going into college, I thought that journalism was this super cutthroat, competitive atmosphere. And I guess that's true to some extent, because, you know, you're trying to scoop your uh, competitors or whatever. But within the newsroom, like, we're all here to help each other. Like, we all believe in the organization we work for and, like, want it to do its best work. Um, and because of that, we all, like, try to work together. Um, so there's not necessarily that competitive energy in, in between one newsroom, which I was kind of surprised by, but I really enjoy. So I just kind of try to keep that alive. Um, but other than that, I try to be someone that people feel they can talk to, um, to, like, walk through ideas and also just to address as problems arise. Um, I just try to be really approachable and I think I achieved that, I guess, just by how I, I, um, my demeanor in the office and also I bring a lot of baked goods into the office. So <laughs> I think that helps too. No, I, I did that on my high school paper. I would always bring in baked goods. So I, <laughs> yeah, I think that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the, 
positivity and focusing on mental health is definitely important, especially right now. And how many staffers do you have? So we have an editing staff of about 30 people and they're all student editors. And then we have about 150 total staffers. So that includes like reporters, photographers, designers, copy editors, the whole whole nine mm -hmm. yards. Wow, that's great. You have such a large team to help you get through all those pieces though. Yeah, for sure. What do you think you've learned from the editors that you've worked under and maybe the editors you've worked with? Yeah, I think my leadership style that I just explained is inextricably linked with the editors I've had the privilege of working under. Um, mm -hmm. I've had two summer internships and I enjoyed both of them so much and learned so much from them. Um, the first one was at the Charlotte Observer, which is kind of the major metropolitan newspaper in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then last summer, or I guess this past summer, I worked at Education NC, which is a nonprofit news organization based in North Carolina that covers education. And both of those news organizations are led by what I, who I consider very strong independent women that have really inspired me. Um, and I think the, the biggest things that they taught me were to never doubt myself. Um, I think a lot of the reason that I even applied slash like ran um, to be editor-in-chief at the DTH was because Sherry at The Observer kind of pulled me aside at the end of my summer there and told me that, like, told me that I should never doubt myself and think that I can't do anything um, because, frankly, men never do that. And mm -hmm. that's something that I kind of consistently am trying to unlearn. And as I've seen some of my younger female staffers come up through the DTH, I've seen the same thing in them. And I'm trying to kind of talk that out of them, too. Um, so that's been a big thing for me. And then I think especially this summer with all the news that was happening, um, Mebin at our at Education NC was also really, really focused on mental health and taking breaks and trying to create a workspace where people could do what they needed to do. Um, to kind of, I guess, grow the most and um, I guess like to really be their best selves and do their best work. And if maybe their goals didn't necessarily align with the organizations, that's okay and take a step back and maybe reevaluate. And I think that's just a really good mentality to have. Um, so I, I think a lot of what I know, um, I've really just learned by observing other leaders, especially female leaders, like in the North Carolina news ecosystem um, and I've just been, I'm really glad that I've, I've been able to watch them. And, um, and even just in DTH and the, the journalism school, I think, I think a lot of what I've been able to do has just been by people, um, taking a chance on me and me not like wanting to let them down. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually became an editor on the Daily Tar Heel kind of by accident, um, I had applied to be an assistant editor during my sophomore year and I got hired for that. But then a few days before the semester was supposed to start, my editor in chief for that year called me and said that there had been kind of a shakeup on staff and they wanted to pull me up to be a, a desk editor, which is the next level above an assistant. And I had obviously no editing experience at that point in my life, um, but she for some reason thought that I could do it. Um, and so when I was in that role, I just really wanted to prove it to myself that I could do it because I was really nervous. Um, and so I've kind of tried to take that spirit with me throughout my whole, the rest of my, I guess, past three years at the DTH and UNC. 
that's so awesome to hear that your experiences with other female role models and journalists have really impacted you and helped you as a journalist. Yeah, no, it's, um, I owe so much to them. And also just seeing them succeed is really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, like it just, just is so meaningful because especially the journalism industry is still, still fairly male dominated, especially in a lot of coverage areas. Like I want to go into politics reporting. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've been to news, um, conferences where I've been the only woman in the room. Um, and that can be really intimidating. So knowing that I'm not alone, um, and knowing that people believe in me has been really helpful to me. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. And so, like you said, you held those internships and they made you a better editor for sure. But how do you think they might've made you a better reporter and writer? I think I went into them with a a mentality that I want to push myself and do different things than what I usually do. Um, So, for example, I went into The Observer and I had been kind of a local government policy reporter up until that point. Like I was really good at cranking out meeting stories and policy stories, but I was like, so I can keep doing that. Like this is what my internship was supposed to be. But I also kind of want to get out of that. Like I want to write some business stories or I want to write some features and just kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit in that sense Mm -hmm. um, to push myself and and not necessarily be doing the same thing all the time, because I think the way that you improve is you try different things. So I made it a really conscious effort to like not say no to assignments that summer and to pick up things that seemed outside of my coverage area if nobody, if somebody needed it to be done. Um, and so over the summer, I wrote a couple of feature stories. I wrote some restaurant stories and I finished off the summer by writing kind of a longer form kind of profile story about um, refugees in Charlotte. And that was really challenging for me emotionally and just editorially because I'd never written anything like that before. Um, but I was really proud of how it turned out and I was really supported by my editors and I think that helped me grow a lot um, just by the sheer amount of information I had to collect and then all the writing and rewriting I had to do. And then this past summer when I was with Education NC, I also did some reporting, but um, that internship was really different for me in the sense that it was it was more of an engagement internship. It wasn't strict reporting. I just happened to be able to do some. So I was doing a lot of social media. I was doing a lot of like strategy. Um, which was really new for me, but it was something that I had kind of been exposed to at the Daily Tar Heel. I just never had any formal training in. So even just by the sheer fact that I applied for it, I was really putting myself out there to grow a part of my skill set that I hadn't had much exposure to. Um, And so I think that's really valuable. Like internships aren't helpful if you do the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, So by kind of getting that diversity of experience, I've really grown as a reporter and an editor. and I, I just always kind of keep challenging myself to think about how I can be doing things differently and um, where I can find new opportunities to learn, I guess. Yeah, that's so cool that you had that opportunity to diversify your writing experience like that and take on different stories. Yeah, I was really excited <laughs> about that opportunity because um, I we don't really necessarily have in an engagement kind of desk or position at the Daily Tar Heel. I had just kind of been exposed to it because I wanted to hold like listening sessions with our audience to kind of form our coverage around that. And then I learned that that has a name and it's called engagement journalism. So I kind of just like was thrown into the deep end and I found that I actually really enjoyed it. So I um, 
I knew that this organization at NC did a lot of stuff with that. So I just kind of reached out and was like, if you need help for the summer, I'm available and I would love to learn more. And I'm really grateful they took me on. Yeah, that's so cool. What advice do you have for students who are looking for internships and maybe don't know where to start looking? I would think about what you want to do and then find a place that has that position and then reach out to a reporter that works there. Um, journalists are surprisingly available. I think like I picture professional journalists on Twitter and I'm like, oh my God, they never want to talk to me. But I mean, they love giving advice. Like every journalist I've reached out, out to to just like talk has always said yes to me. Um, and reaching out just to ask questions about what it takes to work there or general advice for application or life can be really, really helpful. Um, especially if you can talk to somebody who actually looks at applications for that organization. Mm -hmm. um, so just reaching out is never a bad idea. Um, and yeah, and thinking about what you want to do, because depending on what you want, like there are a lot of opportunities outside of just straight reporting. Um, a lot of organizations have engagement internships, social media internships, design, um, multi-platform. Like there's so many ways to expand your experience and um, and just starting that conversation and putting yourself out there can be a really good way for you to get that experience yourself. Um, and then I would say the biggest thing to keep in mind is, this is something I had to learn the hard way, but instead of applying to 50 places and putting 50% effort into each of your applications, it's smarter to selectively apply to places you actually want to work at and then put a lot of effort into those applications and that application process. You know, making sure your cover letter really says who you are and like why you want that job um, and really selecting your clips or whatever it is you're submitting to tailor what that job wants. Um, and hopefully you can base some of that off the off the calls you've had with the journalists who work there. Um, but yeah, I because like I know that there's kind of a pressure to apply to as many places as possible and hope that one of them will take you. Um, but that's just not an efficient use of your time. Um, because a lot of these, especially the bigger organizations, are getting so many applications. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a lot better for you to try to stand out than it is to just submit it for the sake of submitting it. Um, but yeah. And I would also say don't overlook your local organizations. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, both of my internships have been in local news. And that was awesome for me because those newsrooms are typically smaller. So you have more opportunities and you can form more connections while you're there. Um, so if you're like, if you have a hometown newspaper or if you know of any kind of smaller news organizations in your home state that hire for internships, um, reach out to them um, and see what it takes to work there because those are really great environments and, and local news is so important. And um, usually mm -hmm. like, even if they don't have a formal internship program, you can try to see if you can at least open the door to freelancing there or something like that. But I would just say, yeah, there are more opportunities than just like the Washington Post or the New York Times. Yeah. I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, I think people tend to overlook local news, but I feel like you can probably have just as many, if not even more, opportunities to write great stories and get experience if you're interning with a local organization than if you were with the Washington Post. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, um, yeah, just because those newsrooms are smaller, like, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of news to cover. So if you pitch ideas or if you um, editors come to you with ideas and you just say yes, like you can get so much experience just by that, by virtue of that. I think my summer at the Observer, 
I wrote maybe 20 articles in 10 weeks. Um, So like you have an opportunity to work a lot and try different things and shadow different reporters and just really get that experience working in all facets facets of a news organization as opposed to a national organization that has a bunch of staffers um, who may not be doing as much different stuff day to day. So it's just, and it's also just a fun environment. It's it's fun to get to know the area you live in um, and feel like you're making a difference there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just found out I'm home for the fall. So I'm trying to get an internship with our local news organization. And I'm so excited because it's, it's going to be a fun experience if I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's just like, it's just great because even if they maybe can't take you on, like every local journalist I've talked to has been more than willing to at least like give me advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a great way to build connections and kind of build that community. Yeah. Yeah. I've even had writers from my local paper sit down and do this podcast. So they're definitely willing to talk and that is so nice and helpful. Yeah. No, stand local news. <laughs> <laughs> and so going back to talking a little more about being with the DTH, how do you balance your studies with your role on the newspaper? It's tough, I will say, <laughs> um, especially this year because there's been so much happening. Um, I think you have, if you're going to be an editor at your local newspaper, I think you just gotta accept that you maybe won't get as much sleep as you want to. And you should pay really close attention to the classes you sign up for that semester. Um, Cause I'm very lucky that I came in with quite a few credits and um, have like taken a full course load every semester I've been here. So this semester I only had to take 12 hours and next semester I only have to take six so I can underload and I'm gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to take more classes, I might not be doing as great. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely a lot. Um, I would say it's hard to have a social life, but that's not really even possible this year because of COVID. So maybe that's a benefit. (laughs) Um, But no, it's a lot, but I think it's a lot, but it's manageable and it's rewarding. Um, Because because I'm the editor in chief, I got to hire everybody else that's in the newsroom this year. Mm -hmm. And so, and I was really lucky that a lot of amazing, talented people applied. And then those positions were filled by people that I really felt like I could trust. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a lot of work, I know that I'm not the only one who's doing work in our newsroom. And I can count on other people to be there when they need to be, um, which then makes my job a lot easier. And it makes it easier for me to sleep at night. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like, I guess, balancing it was just trying to stay healthy and doing classwork. Um, Another reason it might be good to not major in journalism while you're a student newspaper editor is uh, you can do your history homework at one in the morning, but you cannot interview sources at one in the morning. That's true. Um, so it's, I have to really think about balancing my time with the stories I have to write for class. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my history class I'm in, I just watch the lectures on my own time and do the reading on my own time. So mm-hmm. pros and cons. But um no, I I feel like I'm I'm kind of lucky this year because even though it's been stressful, I I have a really good staff and I have a lot of kind of um coping mechanisms in place where I know how to take care of myself and deal with stress when it comes up. So, it's been a lot, but mm-hmm. I'm still really enjoying it. That's good. 
Yeah, you've, you've talked to me a lot about what you like, but do you think you have a favorite part of working in a student newsroom? Oh, it's so fun and open. It's probably a good way to say it because since we're students, we're student run, our audience is a lot more forgiving in terms of things we try. Um, so we can feel like we can experiment. Um, oh God, my Slack notifications are coming back on. So let me pause <laughs> them again. Um, um, okay. Yeah, so our audience is a lot more forgiving. And um, like if we wanna try new things, um, they're really open to that and because we're student run and especially because we're an independent newsroom like we have freedom to try new things whenever we want to so we're doing a lot more video content this year a lot of my editors want to start podcasts so it's just really exciting to see opportunities for that and be able to follow through on that whereas if you work in a professional news organization you may not necessarily always have the bandwidth to pull that stuff off and be willing be able to take as many risks you know um, because of all the financial considerations and also just the time considerations. Um, so I think that's probably my favorite thing. Um, as much as I've like enjoyed my newsroom internships, like being a student journalist for your student paper, like you definitely have a lot more leeway. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm not on my college paper yet, but I know in high school, it's just so nice because you have opportunities to write all kinds of stories and you can try different things out and you don't really have to worry so much about if they fail. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, as you said, things have been a little crazy at UNC this year. Um, even before, I guess, the school year started, you knew that COVID was going to impact your newsroom and impact the school year. How did you plan for that? I think the biggest thing for us was including the staff at every step of the way. Um, because UNC announced its fall plan in May, so we knew that something would be different this year, but we weren't sure what it would be. And then I think it was in June that they officially announced that classes would be in person, um, slash they wanted people to come back to campus. So since we're a student newspaper, basically our rule of thumb is if UNC's in person, we work. And if um, classes aren't in session and people aren't on campus, we don't work. But this year was a lot more of a gray area because it's like if UNC classes are in session but people aren't on campus, like, are we still going to be producing a paper? Um, so we were really waiting for UNC to make a decision on that end. So once they said that they would, they wanted to hold in-person classes and bring people back to campus, campus, we knew that that was kind of a green light for us to start thinking about how we were going to work in person. Um, and so from that point on, I basically just had a lot of conversations with my staff and I was like, would you feel comfortable reopening the office? Like, what safety measures would you want in place while we work in person? Um, and then from there, like me and the rest of the leadership team kind of set guidelines and um, set procedures for like, okay, if somebody is exposed or if somebody gets sick, like here's what we're gonna do. Um, and I think having that done really early with the feedback from the staff is what helped a lot there because the staff is so important to how this all plays out. So I just wanted to make sure their voices were heard as early as possible. And I wanted to continue soliciting feedback. And honestly, like working, we've we've opened our office and we've been working in person this whole semester and it's been going great. Um, and I think that's why. So it was definitely, I'm definitely worried every day. Like I, I obviously don't want anyone on my staff to get sick, um, mm -hmm. but I'm comforted in the fact that like their input was considered and I continuously like ask, you know, how do you feel? Like, do you feel okay with the office and the way it's running? And the fact that I'm getting yeses back has been really reassuring to me. Um, 
it has made me feel a lot more comforted um, coming back to UNC. Yeah. Yeah, that's great that you guys are making the effort to do step in person, make it as safe as possible. Mm -hmm. But obviously UNC was in the national news for a week or so. <laughs> um, what was it like reporting and covering that period when it just felt like things were getting out of hand and all that testing was going on and people were waiting at the student health center? What was it like covering that as a journalist? I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience <laughs> for like the first two weeks of classes um, because so much was happening every day and so much was changing and it just felt like as much as we were working hard, like we could never get a handle on all of it. Um, and it was also stressful because UNC never committed to what metrics they wanted to see in order to shut down the campus. So every time there was a new cluster reported or a new news, we were like, oh God, is this going to be the one that shuts down the campus? Um, which is very stressful when you are also a student and trying to think about your own class and housing situations. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was just a lot, I will say, but I think once you get to a certain point in journalism, like I've been doing this for a few years, all my kind of senior editors are at least juniors. Um, and so we've been doing this for a while and it kind of gets to a point that's almost scary where whenever news breaks, you react to it as a journalist first instead of a student. Um, and like, so you process news as a journalist when you're working. And then as soon as you're done working, like you filed your story, the paper submitted, you're, you sit back and you're like, oh God, I'm a student, my classes are online now. Um, and mm -hmm. it all kind of hits you away after the fact, which is both a blessing and a curse um, <laughs> because you kind of can react quickly and ask questions, but then it's a curse because it just, it's, it takes a toll on you. Like, especially when so much is happening and um, you have a duty to report on it and you can't let your feelings get in the way necessarily. Um, so it's definitely been a lot and I'm grateful that the daily breaking news has kind of slowed down a little bit mm -hmm. at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Were you also trying to like add on new staffers with the freshmen coming in at this point? Yeah, we just hired <laughs> new oh staffers. Um, but we did extend the deadline, which um, because the week the, the application was due was the week that everybody um, was told to cancel their housing contracts. So mm -hmm. we were like, we should probably extend this because um, freshmen especially are going through a lot right now. Um, but even despite everything, we got over 100 applications which is wow. exciting. Um, and they actually, this is their first week working. So it's good to have the extra hands for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, that's great. You weren't have to, you weren't dealing with it all just in the midst of this. Mm -hmm. Campus has sort of been de-densified. I think that's also been kind of a, I don't want to say a blessing and a curse again, but it's been it's definitely made our jobs harder in some way um, because usually we get a lot of story ideas or can just get a feel of the campus vibe by walking to class or walking through campus um, mm -hmm. or just overhearing conversations in the dining hall. But now obviously we can't do that. So a lot of our reporting is shifted to just monitoring social media, which as you know, like isn't necessarily always the full picture of what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of been a challenge. But in another way, I mean, obviously in terms of the breaking news about clusters and stuff, like now that there are fewer people on campus, we've gotten fewer alerts about clusters. Um, yeah. So like the constant breaking news and monitoring of when are the dominoes gonna fall has stopped, which has been 
um, I guess helpful because now we can kind of turn to more of the daily stuff and um, kind of trying to keep a finger on the pulse of how students feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice in a way. And obviously this is all like very, very fresh in the rearview mirror, but do you think you have any takeaways already from this situation as a journalist? I would say, I think it's important to always be mindful that you should go into stories and situations with an open mind about how they'll turn out. Um, and that goes for any story. So like not trying to think too much about, hmm, let me, let me think about how I want to say this. Um, like, I think one thing they always tell you in journalism classes is like, obviously go into interviews with an idea of what you want your angle to be, but be open to it changing. And I think that's especially true right now because so much happens every day and so much changes every day that your story is bound to change as you talk to new people or as days go on. Um, and so I think being extra open-minded is really important. And I also think this year has been a challenge for us in terms of reaching our audiences because we're all scattered across North Carolina and in some cases the country right now. Um, mm -hmm. So thinking about how we tap into students and keep them wanting to read us even when they're not on campus has definitely been a challenge. Um, so that kind of goes back to what I said earlier about how we're trying to do a lot more digital stuff. Like that's partially the reason is because people aren't on campus to pick up the paper anymore. So the only way they'll interact with us is online. So I think those have been the two big things. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And so I have a few questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. So the first one is, if you could go back in time to when you first began writing or sort of first began being a journalist, what advice would you give yourself? Oh my God. Um, I think I kind of already said this, but don't major in journalism. <laughs> <laughs> um, this also might be part of the COVID panic I'm having, but I think I want to go to grad school at some point, which is if my dad listens to this, he's going to be like, I told you so. Um, but, um, <laughs> Because I really do just wish that I've just learned so much from my internships and working at the Daily Tar Heel. Mm -hmm. And as much as I've enjoyed like a lot of my journalism classes, um, I think I would have gotten just as much out of it from minoring as opposed to majoring. And I think I could have really diversified my skill set by like majoring in public policy or um, even just another humanities subject to kind of like specify what I want to cover, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, so I just kind of wish I had been more open-minded to that and thought about that more. Um, because I think you're really told in high school that you have to study what you want to do with your life. And in a lot of industries, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And journalism is definitely one of them. So I just kind of wish I considered that more. I mean, it, you definitely major in journalism if you like maybe don't have a college newspaper at your campus. Um, but if you do have one, and especially one like that's so strong, like the DTH, and we also have other student media organizations on campus like and so there are so many opportunities to write and get experience in a newsroom um I just kind of wish I had taken more classes um before I like really set down the journalism major path yeah yeah I definitely can see where you're coming from but at least you have the history major under your belt mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um what advice do you have for other female writers in particular stop saying this might be a bad idea before you say your idea. 
Um, men don't do that. <laughs> no man I've ever worked with has done that. And I think it's just a hard fact that journalism was an industry that was primarily built by white men. Um, and that legacy is still very much in place today. Um, and so I think even if you aren't confident in yourself and your idea, you have to fake it until you make it and apply for jobs that you may not feel qualified for um, and pitch ideas that you have and write stories that you want to write and just don't let, don't stand in the way of yourself and your career. Um, and if you can, I think like trying to kind of build a mentorship relationship with another female reporter that you believe in or um, that you can kind of talk to regularly is really, really helpful for that because I think a lot of the confidence that I have has come from a lot of the other female journalists I have in my life that I talk to on a regular basis who I talk about these things with and who help me kind of work through a lot of the dilemmas I run into. Mm -hmm. um, so don't underestimate the network and don't underestimate yourself. That's an awesome way to put it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think having a mentor and having positive female role models to look up to can help you as a writer. Mm -hmm. And I know there are so many, but what do you think is the most important skill that a writer can have? I think being empathetic. Because mm -hmm. um, I know there are a lot of different writing styles and kind of different philosophies about what, I guess, journalistic articles should be. Um, but I think you get the best stories when you can sit down with somebody you've never met before and really understand them and where they're coming from. And I think the key to that is being empathetic and being approachable. Um, so just kind of like going into those situations with an open mind and a really desire at your heart to understand where those people are coming from um, and what their experiences have been like, because that helps you build a relationship with them where they feel more comfortable talking to you and telling you things. And it also helps you seem more into them and and then you can portray them more accurately and fairly in your actual article. Um, but yeah, so I would just say being empathetic because I think since the news industry is so focused on deadlines and quick turnarounds and working really hard, it can be easy to see a source as just a, a means to an end of getting a quote in your story. Mm -hmm. um, but sources for any story are so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And I think having empathy in mind can just help you kind of avoid that mentality and really get to the heart of issues and, and portray them fairly in your writing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. I think, especially cause it's important to listen to them and it's important to build empathy and it's great to have a relationship with people, not only because you get to see them and improves your story. It, they can also be a great source later on. And if you kind mm -hmm. of treated them as a means to an end, why would they want to talk to you again? No, exactly. You're so right. Yeah. Uh, are there any books that you've read that, or publications, I guess, that have seriously changed how you approach writing or what topics you're interested in covering? Oh my God, that is such a good question. Um, I think... I would probably say, so I've been really um, kind of inspired looking at the local news ecosystem in North Carolina 
and just a shift it's had in the recent years, at least that I've noticed, maybe it's been going on longer. Um, but a shift to, I guess, audience led journalism and asking, um, our readers what they want to hear and how they want to hear it, as opposed to telling them what they want to hear. And I think some big examples of this have been like Harkin, um, um, and like Jay Rosen with the citizens agenda elections model. Um, mm -hmm. and just like in North Carolina, I'm thinking of outlets like, um, like the organization I worked for over the summer at NC where they had a student led town hall with state superintendent candidates for the 2020 election. And they had students ask the questions instead of, um, the reporters asking the questions. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a, a reverse town hall is what they called it, where um, they had the candidates there to listen to what the students had to say, as opposed to being asked a simple question and then kind of giving their stump speech in two minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that they're not the only organization that does stuff like that. And I know that's a growing model, but I'm kind of blanking on like other organizations to name off the top of my head. But um, I think seeing that shift to being really reader focused and reader driven is really inspiring to me and I think it has changed a lot of how I view journalism um and I also really believe that that's kind of the journalism we need to see for the industry to keep growing or honestly to start growing and like really stabilize um so I would say that like seeing seeing that that's possible um and not only possible but a successful way to build an audience and and grow your readership has been really inspirational for me and really changed what I want to do in the industry yeah, that that sounds so cool, that town hall that they did. And yeah, I could definitely see how that impacted you. Mm -hmm. And I know it might be hard to choose, but do you have a favorite or a group of favorite stories that you've written? I think I have two answers for this, if that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> then one of them, they're each from my summer internships. I keep harp harping back on this. Um, internships are great. Please try to get one and do like <laughs> build those mentorships to get advice and get roads in. But um, at the Observer, the the feature I told you I wrote about um, at the end of the summer, mm -hmm. I so my I told you my I'm a first generation American and my parents are from Bosnia and Croatia and they moved mm -hmm. here um, because there was a civil war in that country mm -hmm. in the 90s um, and. I was thinking kind of earlier in my summer there that there is like a surprisingly large perhaps um, population of Bosnian refugees in Charlotte. And I mean, that's a community I was part of. I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, nobody's ever really told their stories and like why they choose to live here after all these years. Cause Charlotte is obviously very different than Bosnia. Mm -hmm. um, so I found four different people and I did really in-depth interviews with them about like what it was like to move to North Carolina and live in Charlotte and um, how growing up here has affected their connection with Bosnia and just like if North Carolina feels like home and if if not, then why? And I ended up writing this like, I think it was maybe 2000 word kind of feature wow. piece. Um, I had never done anything like that before. So it was super challenging um, and also just challenging for me because it's such a it was such a personal story for me too. Mm -hmm. um, and it ended up going on the front page of the paper, which was really exciting. So I think seeing that is probably one of my favorite things I've ever done. I wonder if I would go back and read it now and think the writing was terrible because it was two years ago. But um, <laughs> I that was awesome. I So I think the second project I was really proud of was one I got to do this summer with Education NC, 
and I did a narrative style podcast and it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. Um, and so I did it kind of focusing on COVID reopening and how that's affected um, like current high school students and current college students and their view on what the college experience is um, and the decisions they've made about going to college. Um, and I also talked to some educators about like their role in it. I talked to a high school counselor and a community college president. So it was just really awesome. And mm -hmm. I, I ended up producing maybe a, a three-part narrative podcast series um, when before that, the longest audio piece I had ever produced was maybe three minutes and 50 seconds or four minutes. Um, so it was a big jump and I learned a lot and it was just a really good experience because I'd never done anything like that before. And I think at some point in my career, I, I want to do kind of audio journalism for a living. Um, so it was just a great experience mm -hmm. for that and really challenging. And um, I was just really proud of how it turned out. So I think those are my, probably my two projects I'm most proud of. Yeah, those sound like such cool experiences in such different ways that just goes back to what we were saying about how internships just diversify the stories you mm -hmm. tell. Yeah, so I'm cool. just very lucky. I feel like I've always had good internship experiences and I've always had newsrooms that have believed in me and I've been able to achieve so much because of that and I'm just really grateful. Yeah, that's awesome. And when people read your work, what do you hope their biggest takeaway is? That's such a good question. Um, I feel like I have two different, I guess, like themes or beats that I touch on. And one of them is local government. Um, and then the other one, I think I'm very interested, I guess, in like obviously immigrant populations and like first generation American things and also just general culture. Um, and then obviously there's the engagement piece of that um, in my journalism career. But I think in terms of local government specifically, the biggest thing I hope people take away is that as sometimes boring as these procedures can be, they're so important to daily life. Um, and it's so important to be active and engaged. And so a big thing I try to do is make all that information digestible and interesting. Um, so I hope that that's something that people can take away from that. And that being in tune with what your government is doing is a very vital role of being a citizen and just being active in your community in general. Um, mm -hmm. And then also, I think, I hope that people kind of just read my work overall and can tell that I want, I think that journalism is a community serving institution rather than journalism mm -hmm. kind of being a signal of what the community should care about, if that makes sense. Um, so reaching out to new audiences that have maybe been neglected by news organizations or trying to tell stories that don't necessarily get spotlight in mainstream media and just other things like that and, and trying to think about how we can do things differently and tell stories differently. Um, so I, I would say that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely awesome and so important right now. So that's all I have, but thank you so much for yeah, talking with me. of course, I'm happy to help. Once again, a huge thank you to Anna for joining me and speaking all about her journalism experiences. And thank you to all the She Wrote That listeners who tuned in again this week. To learn more about this podcast, you can find us at She Wrote That Pod on Twitter and at She Wrote That Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And make sure to subscribe, follow, like, give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.